All right, we're good to go. Okay, excellent. Just let me get my clock. Yeah. Okay. This is Kevin Brooker, and welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, everybody makes mistakes, but making them in retirement can be costly and really should be avoided. So on today's show, we're going to talk about five of the most common blunders people can make, and we're going to give you suggestions on how you can best avoid them. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Cruising through retirement. That's the show. Kevin Brooker is here. He is behind the wheel, and we are cruising today. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative. More than 30 years he's been helping folks in the business or get to than through retirement. Uh, you know, my guess is, Kevin, you, over the years, you've retired more people than uh, most people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I've certainly helped a few, and, uh, and it's always nice to sit back. You know, one of the things I tell people is great. When you can sit back and, and uh, people realize, you know, you see the look in their face when they realize they've got things covered. We've got it all put together. Mm -hmm. We've got a plan and they're good. And, uh, you know, so so no question about it. 32 years now and uh, going strong. Going strong. Yeah. yeah. And uh, folks, if you'd like to know a little bit more, visit SilverleafFinancial.com, SilverleafFinancial.com. Uh, Kevin's also an author. He uh, co-authored the Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. That's, uh, that's available on his website, SilverleafFinancial.com. And uh, so other than that, other, I didn't even ask you how you were. How's things? Good? Oh, I think things are great. You know, we, we got some uh, upward movement in the market. You know, it's not uh, hitting new lows every day like we seem uh, seem to have been lately. So, you know, it's nice. We got some optimism out there. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. With, I mean, the S&P over 3,900, I mean, that that's like a, a trigger, isn't it? That that magic it, number? Yes. As a matter of fact, it is just over 3,900. That's been a level of, uh, of support. Uh, and those of you that follow charts and trends, uh, you know that when something is, when, when you're above a particular level, it's a support level, but when you break below it, it becomes resistance. So the idea is when you're below it and you come back and you hit that amount, which Steve just mentioned at 3,900 or so, when you hit it and go through, that's what is a very positive sign, provided we stay above that number. So the million dollar question, and that's going to be the million dollar question over the next few trading days, can we stay above it uh, on a closing basis? All right. Now, some technicians will look at intraday moves. You know, most of them just go with the close. And and so that's what we want to see. We want to see a stay above 3,900 for the next several trading days. And then maybe we can build some support here and it will be support again. Um, and then we, again, we want to stay above that level. If we break it, then the, then the recent support is about 10, 12% lower. It's down in the 3,600 level, which we did break. Um, that was a June low that we broke recently. So the market is really, uh, I'm going to call it unstable right now. I don't know you can buy into this. I'd be very careful adding on risk right here. And I think, uh, as a matter of fact, what I would encourage everybody to do, if when we're hitting those lows, you know, the low we saw back in June and the low we saw again recently, if when we hit those lows, you're looking at your account, especially if you're looking at it all the time, if you're looking at it on a frequent basis, like every day or multiple times during the day, that's a really good sign. You've probably got too much money at risk. All right. If you, <laughs> okay. you, you know, it, it's, because when it's going down and you're doing that, and, and, and if you're kind of freak, you know, freaking out a little bit or getting too anxious or nervous, then I think now you might want to take a look and say, you know what, maybe I should reduce a little risk. Maybe take a little risk off the table. You know what? Um, and I'd be happy to show you some ideas that I'm doing for my clients uh, that are paying dividends of over 10%. All right? And, and the reason be why I'm in these products is because I think we're going to have a sideways market here. And I think there's a really good chance we could go back down 
uh, into let's say 33 to 3,400 on the S and P, which is roughly 15, 16, 17% below where we are now. All right. And so ask yourself if, if you're okay riding it out and you're looking many years down the road, then, then no problem. What you should be doing, if that's the case, when we hit lows, you should be buying, you should be adding to your equity positions. If you're a long-term meaning, you know, at least let's say three years away, um, or, or longer by all means, you know, but if you're getting close to retirement and you're going to be using that money to live off of, maybe we should have a conversation because maybe there's a, maybe that's not the best structure for you. In other words, maybe there's a better way for you to generate income. So with these moves, I like to step back. I mean, come on guys, you saw this move in the S and P 500 of five and a half percent in one day. That's almost a year's worth of returns in one day. So, um, or at least half a year if you're if on the optimistic side. Yeah. So, so the, the markets are definitely swinging around. Don't get caught in the middle. I would say just kind of step back and let the market settle down um, before you make any big moves. So, the, and again, when you said it looks like it's going to be sideways for a while, I mean, everybody understands up and down. What is sideways? Side, sideways means that we don't really make any progress. Oh, okay. Um, so it doesn't really for, go up or it doesn't really go down. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't break new lows, doesn't break new highs. Um, so for instance, we've been in a trading range of roughly 35 to 3,600 on the low end and on the high end, it's been up around 4,100 plus or minus. That's the range that we've been in. So sideways, that's what I'm referring to so between just... the 30, your mid threes to low fours okay. on the All S&P. Right. Well, that makes sense. And, you know, and, and so the idea behind dividends, right? If you've got dividend income coming in, then at least you've got some income and you're making some money, even if it does just keep on going back and forth. In other words, if you don't have sustained capital appreciation in the price, as long as you get dividend income, you're still making some money. All right. And again, that's what you're seeing and, and that's what you're helping your clients with. And folks, if you would like to have that conversation with Kevin, uh, visit SilverleafFinancial.com or give us a call 800-975-6717. This is really an important time to, to really be aware of, you know, what, where our money is. And, you know, like you just said, let the market cool down. So this is not a time to think you can beat the market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I certainly don't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> I, certainly don't, I certainly don't recommend it. I know there are, you know, we've all heard stories about people that have done it. And I think, and you know, Steve, where I think people get, get uh, I don't know, if they, they get stuck or tricked or, you know, they don't quite understand the situation. When you, hear, when you, hear, when you look at guys like Jeff Bezos, right? Mm -hmm. Guy, you know, started Amazon and made what, became one of the richest men in the world, the richest at one point because of his stock in Amazon, right? Yeah. But it's it's a different situation. You got to realize how fortunate these people are. And, 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 and you can argue he made his own luck, right? But I think about the employees, how lucky you are that you just randomly took a job at this company called Amazon in the late 90s when nobody really knew anything about it. You just took it. It was a good job offer. You took it. You needed a job. Well, you're, you know what? Now you're a 401k millionaire because they matched the 401k with company stock. Right. Okay. And, and if, if you were so lucky to get a job at, uh, I guess you could say that you could say it about Google, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix. If you were fortunate enough to land there with a job, you know, in the earlier days, you became a 401k millionaire, if not billionaire, like some of the executives, simply because that's the company you worked at. And that's the 401k plan that was that was available to you. But it's different, in my opinion. Then if somebody goes out into the market, like, like just an as an individual investor is looking for stocks and says, you know what, I'm going to load up on Amazon and I'm going to hold on to it. You know, so it goes from 50 cents to a dollar to $3 and it goes back to 50 cents, which is what it's done. 
and, and I'm just going to hold on to it, which is really very hard for most investors. See, the way that you're going to beat the market is if you get behind these stocks and you hold long term, like Warren Buffett. We've all heard how Warren Buffett holds long term, right? Mm-hmm. Guys, long term for Buffett is decades, not not months or years. It's decades. And and uh, I mean, a lot of his holdings, he's like Coca-Cola. I think he's had over 30 years. So that's the true definition of long term investing. But most I don't in my experience, in my opinion, most investors don't have the patience to really be long term investors. And I think that is the biggest virtue that is most underrated aspect to successful investing is patience. And, and, and that is really the case, especially when you're in the market, right? And you see it down 20, 30%, 20%, 30%, 40%. You're saying, holy cow. And, and, you know, it's a combination of fear and impatience is what it seems like to me. And that's what winds up costing investors, a, a lot of investors, good returns. So I think an individual thinking that you can beat the market, uh, I mean, even the, even the professionals that do this on a regular basis rarely outperform the market over a long period of time. You know, and, and I think that it's, um, you know, the active traders that are moving in and out buying, which I've tried, guys, I've been doing this 32 years. I've tried all these strategies. I've traded everything from options to short term trading strategies. I've, tra- I've done day trading. I've done swing trading, which some people will say that's more like, you know, a week or two weeks versus, you know, day trading. Um, I've tried it all. I've tried all, all sorts of systems, the newsletters. And with a lot of them, I've had success for a limited period of time. And, and that's why the key to beating the market, it's not, can you beat it for a week or a month or a couple, you know, six months, which I've done that. All right. The challenge is doing it year in and year out. And that's what most it is very, very difficult to do. So I, I don't recommend anybody try to do that. Maybe if, if you just like to gamble and you just like to play the markets, then do that with what I'll call some fun money, some speculative money that it doesn't make any difference if you lose it. Right. Um, but I think in terms of uh, overall strategy with your retirement portfolio, I think it makes sense to get some professional help. Um, and wh- whether that's uh, the typical, you know, working with an advisor or, or if it's some other way of getting some sort of help from some professionals, I think this is definitely a case where two minds are always better than one. Well, to get that second opinion, I think is very important. And, and as you said, just another set of eyes on your plan can make a big, big difference in terms of what you should be doing. You're going to give them some options. I mean, it's, it just makes sense. It, you know, I think it makes total sense. And I think people, you know, there, there's no question it's important to focus on expenses, but it's also important that, you know, when you look at it, you say, how long did it take you to save all this money, right? 20 years, 30 years. And do you really want to take a chance that you can make a mistake that could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars? I think a good investment advisor is going to not only help you help you help you make money, but they're going to help you to avoid losing it as well. And and so I, I think um, you know that that an advisor is is a very good thing to have. I, I think uh, you know they they say the what what is it the lawyer that represents himself as a fool for a client. At, I, you could say the same thing about an investor. You could right whether yeah, it's true, true or not. Of course, whether it's true or not, who knows but that's what a lot of people do. All right. The studies show that investors that use advisor on average have outperformed uh, those without by almost three percentage points a year. So if you add that up over time, it might not sound like much, but three percentage points a year over time is huge. It could be a huge difference. Big deal. And, and, yeah. you know, and, the, and the other thing to remember, if you work with an advisor, you're not married to him or her, right? <laughs> you can, right. You, you can separate and you don't even have to go to court. 
right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm joking here, right? Yeah, the, and you the, keep it, all your money. And you keep all your money, right? So you, you could work with an advisor if, you know, I would always say to give them at least a couple of years, but, but you can always pull the plug. You can stop it anytime you want. You can close the account, transfer it to somebody else, or just cash out and, and you know, go have a good time with your money, whatever you want to do. Sure. All right. But I think that it's worth checking out and talking to, seeing how it works. I've got a lot of clients that have been with me for a long time, uh, a lot of them going back into the 90s. And uh, um, and I think if you can find, I think if a person finds an advisor that they're comfortable with, you'll be with them for a long, long time, and that's when you're going to really find see the benefits of that relationship. Absolutely. And uh, folks, if you would like to give Kevin a call, eight hundred nine seven five six seven one seven. And we've kind of already talked about this, but keeping all your money in cash, uh, you know, it's it's one thing to get out of the market, but then how do you know when to get back in? I mean, that's the, that's, that's the old uh, you know that old chestnut. <laughs> it it is, and, and that's that's the thing. And if, and and like we're talking about with trading, you know, you've got to you right, you got to be good on the buy and good on the sell. And then you got to keep on doing it over and over and over and over. And, and, and that's, and the other thing that we've seen, like this move that we saw earlier, you know, this, yesterday in the market where we saw the S and P move five and a half percent in one day, right? Think about the average returns going back historically. They're r- roughly, depending on the time frame you look at, I'm going to say it's in the eight to 9% range going back a hundred years. Um, it's been better for the last decade, no question. But if you look at it, let's say the returns are 9% historically, we got more than half that return in one day, okay? So that's why we've talked about it and I've mentioned it before. If you look at the research, one of the big reasons why most advisors will tell a client, like if they say, you know, can't you just put me in cash? And you know, I've, and I've heard it many times. Well, Kevin, can't you just put me in cash when it looks bad and then get me back in when it looks good again? <laughs> and I say, and I always chuckle a little bit and I would say, I would love, love to do that. Um, but honestly, if I could, I would probably, you know, I, I'd probably be hanging out on a, I don't know, on my yacht in Monaco or something. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, the fact is that, that if you just missed the 10 best trading days of the year, you've missed virtually all of the game. All right. That's the reality. Google it, look it up. All right. Because we see these moves are there's 5% in one day, right? So if you missed today, you just missed a, a big, one of the biggest moves we've seen in years. All right. That's why you don't want to be in cash. The other part of being with cash, you know, it rarely is higher than inflation. In other words, what interest rate are you making on your cash? Um, interest rates have come up quite a bit. Money markets, uh, um, you know, I'm getting about 3% on my money markets right now, uh, but inflation is 7.8. So if you keep it in cash, you know, by the very definite, you're, you're, you're losing uh, purchasing power every single day yeah. because the, right, the spread between what you're making and how much you're paying in inflation, that's what you're losing. So uh, stocks have been a very good inflation hedge historically. So far, guys, they've always come back, right? It's, the market has always gone on to new highs. And, and so there, there's always a sentiment of psychology that, oh, this time it's different. And, and I think the reality is it's always, it's always a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But the overall, the overall themes, I think, are pretty consistent. Um, and, and so I think when we see these market lows and we see the market going down, we just want to step back and remind ourselves that it's probably just a slow period or a bad time. And given enough time, it'll come back. Uh, but I don't recommend keeping all your money in cash. Uh, if you do, you know what? If you're if you put your money in cash, that tells me you're fear, you're afraid of losing it, right? Yeah. You don't you don't want to take a chance of losing that money, right? Right. Well, you should you should give me a call because I've got some ideas that I can show you good returns where you don't risk a dime of your money. Okay. And and there there are investments that are out there that do that. 
I've talked about them before. There, there are some index annuities that are wonderful that have shown 8% returns if you, uh, you know, annual if you'd owned it for the last 10 years. And, that's, and I can show you how they could have done that with zero fees. All right. So if you'd be interested in high single digit returns without any risk of a loss, give me a call. I'll be happy to go through it and I'll show you the information and you can see if it makes sense for you. 800-975-6717. That's the number you can call. You can also just visit silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there, send him an email. And so may I ask a question? <laughs> and I know we don't do politics on this show, but any reaction yeah. to the election? Oh, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to say the market rallied because we did not have a red wave. How's that? Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's plausible. <laughs> you know what? The fact of the matter is we, we don't know. I, I, Okay, my fear and the reason why I say that, guys, is because there are several Republicans on, on record talking about how they want to cut Social Security by 31%. All right? They're on record talking about it. Uh, it's in Rick Scott's plan, which has its own website. You can go look up and you can see how they talk about it. Um, and so that's I find, I'm very concerned about that. We've got so many people that rely on Social Security. And it's not just Social Security. But by the way, Social Security does have a trust fund. 90% of the money that goes out in Social Security comes in through payroll deductions. So um, when they say becomes insolvent, it's not really insolvent. As long as people are working and paying payroll taxes, then there's still going to be Social Security. The problem is there's about a 30% shortfall. And if, the, if Congress doesn't change things to strengthen the program, then, then I believe it's already written in law. In other words, I believe if, if nothing is done, then everybody's check is going to get cut by about 30% in roughly a decade. And, and the Republicans fought against Social Security when it was passed by FDR in the 30s. They fought against Medicare when it was passed by Lyndon Johnson in the mid-60s. They fought against Obamacare, right? We all remember that one, mm -hmm. all right? Republicans are not fans of these programs. And, and I wish they would simply get rid of the wage cap because right now around about 150 grand, once you pass that, you don't pay into Social Security anymore. You do keep paying into Medicare, but for some reason they capped out Social Security. And, and so all these millionaires and billionaires, there's a lot of people making over 150,000 now. Oh, they're yeah. not contributing and they're not contributing any more money. So that to me is the simplest thing they could do. And most people wouldn't have a problem with it, right? Because no. yeah, most people would be affected by it. You know, but it would do a lot to shore up the program. All right. And so, so I do think uh, I am glad these elections are behind us. Well, almost behind us. We, you know, in this great state of Arizona, um, we still don't know the results for yeah. a couple races. Um, hopefully we'll have them soon. And hopefully people will stop this election denial BS. All right. Let's grow up and accept the results. Yeah. I mean, can you, can you imagine if sports, at, if athletes behave this way? We would never have another sports game in the country. No, nope. they'd be they'd be saying, "Oh, they cheated." I want I want the rest to review every single play. They cheated. You know, you didn't. We, we didn't. Really, you know, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. I, I I just it's uh, anyway. Um, I would like to hear less of the of the denial, less of the conspiracy theories, personally, mm -hmm. and and let's just move forward and try to build this country to to the potential that it has. Well, do you think with the let's just say that uh, that the Congress, that the House. Um, is is now in Republican control. And so now with a Democrat in the White House and a Republican in the in the House, um, is that doesn't that invite or doesn't that encourage or shouldn't that just mean they're going to compromise because they want to do stuff. Right. But they yeah. just have to. You know what I mean? I, I, I know what you're saying. And I, and I will say historically, historically, a divided, you know, when, when we've got a divided uh, 
control, mm-hmm. you know, when we've got Democrats and Republicans in control of different houses or the presidency. Historically, that's a good thing for the stock markets because the markets basically interpret that as well. They're not going to do anything to screw it up too bad. Because, <laughs> that's, how, that's true. That is truly how it's looked at. And, and, and if you look back, um, the markets tend to do well in those situations. Okay. What, what, con- what concerns me is that there's, there, the, a lot of the politicians have become so extreme, whether it's, whether it's the right side, or, right or left. Yeah. I, think they've gotten, I think they've gotten too extreme on both sides. And I, and I think there's um, one, one thing I told my wife, I said, I, I wonder if we're ever going to get back to actually judging the character of these politicians that we elect. Yeah. Are we ever going to, do we care about honesty anymore? Do we care about integrity? Do we care about morals or ethics? Cause I think a lot of that's out the window with a lot of these people. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, and I think to me, that's the key is to get back to people of good character that can actually do the job they're there for, which is representing the people in the best way possible, as opposed to what's going to make them the most money. And, and when we've got all these politicians, they're getting, they're getting a lot of them are getting more contributions from the opposing side. Yeah, I than know. They are from right. Yeah. And, well, why is that? <laughs> it's, I think it's because the the candidate is crazy enough. They'll say and do anything. You just throw them a bunch of money. And 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 I and I can give you several examples, but we're not a political show, right? Um, you know. But I I do think going back to that topic, what I am concerned about. There's a lot of Republicans that are already saying that they're going to force a showdown, a shutdown over uh, the, the national debt, the debt limit. And they want to use the debt limit as a tool to negotiate cuts in spending programs, like I just talked about a minute ago. And guys, pay attention. Social Security and Medicare are two of the biggest spending programs in the country. And um, I believe they're going to use that to try to reduce benefits. I mean, do you Republican- honestly believe that they would screw up Social Security like that? I just can't believe that. I just can't believe that would happen on either side. They've already they're already out there saying they want to push well, it back. I to understand 70. that, they but push, it, but push it back to seventy. Well, well, okay. I mean, those but those are some changes that have to happen, right? I mean, in order to no, no, they no, 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 they don't, no, they don't increase the payroll tax. Okay, get rid of the get rid of the wage cap. All right. True. How come? How how come? If a guy makes uh, over one hundred fifty grand, he stops paying his social security. I don't know. Doesn't right? seem doesn't it, seem right to me. It's because people making that money don't want to pay the social. They don't want to oh, pay well, more okay, money. Yeah. Right. So get rid of the wage cap and increase the payroll tax and stop letting these self employed independent people. Right. Like for instance, the gig workers. Are we making sure that they're contributing? Are they paying their payroll taxes? I'll bet you they're not. I'll bet you I'll bet they're you, not too. I'll bet you they're not contributing to Social Security or Medicare, but yet they live in the country that provides the benefits. So I think I, I think I have no problem with people being independent or people being self-employed. I'm self-employed and I pay Social Security every month when I when, when I get paid. All right. Mm-hmm. I contribute to Social Security and Medicare just like, you know, everybody an else. of any other company. Yeah. Yes. Only well, you pay more. Of, <laughs> oh, I do. I pay twice. Yeah, I do. I pay twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, which is not really fun, by the way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really, I don't really appreciate that. So, by the, but that's a good point. I'm advocating increasing the payroll tax, which means I'd get hit twice as hard as everyone else. Yeah. Okay. And but to me, these programs are are critical, critical to keeping more, you know, let's let's more mature people from keeping the keeping retired people from being homeless. Do we really want to have a bunch of eighty year olds homeless now? I mean. Um, I, Have I you think been to did, LA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I uh, we, we've got plenty of them that are out there, and so I think we can increase the payroll tax. I think wealthy people could afford to pay more. I think if you look at tax rates going back uh, historically, they're they're on the top, on the very top. 
they were as high as 75, 80%. Oh, I, I think know. they went as high as, it went as high as 90%. And now, and now they're griping about it being 35 or 40. And so, um, I think, I think there's a big, that's part of the reason why the really wealthy have, have gotten so much wealthier, whereas the middle class and lower class are not, you know, like for instance, the average CEO, CEO pay, uh, back in the nineties was about 50 times the average employee. Now it's more like 300 times. And, and so to me, I think the disparity between the wealthy and everybody else has gotten very, very big. And, uh, so, you know, so I, I don't think we need to cut the programs. I don't believe they, they need to push, push it back. But the fact is, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of money that contribute to these campaigns. And, and a lot of times that gets them what they want. Sure. All right. Well, again, I didn't, I don't mean to walk you down a path there, but I was curious to get no. your opinion. <laughs> That's, you know, but I will say, I am very glad the elections are over. Oh gosh, I'm looking, me too. I'm looking forward to, you know, get rid of all these damn commercials, oh, get all, yeah. the bill, all the billboards and all the signs get them out of here, throw them away. And, uh, and, and I'll enjoy the next couple of years before we go into the next cycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? you know, that's going to happen sooner it's than gonna later. Happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at least we got a little breather here. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, well, all right. So I, I sort of got us off track here and we don't have a lot of time left, but so I, I've got a friend, he has been saving for, I don't know, forever. I'm going to, I'm just going to say, I think he was 17 or 18 years old when he first started saving for retirement with his one of, you know, these jobs. And so I've oh, known this yeah, guy, can, I've known this guy over the years. Yeah, absolutely. So he's got, I mean, he's doing really well, obviously. Yeah, I'll bet. And uh, he's mid fifties at this point. And um, he said, well, you know, yeah, I've got the, the Roth. I got the 401k. I've got a, a couple of 401ks and a, and a uh, IRA. And well, I got a brokerage account and you know, when I retire, uh, I'm just going to just grab some from here and grab some from there and just do this. I don't yeah. need any help. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, you might have a lot of money now, but you won't later. <laughs> it, it, well, I'd say it, let, let's uh, hopefully, it work, hopefully it works out for him. But, well, it's not um, going to. I don't believe it will. <laughs> I, 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 well, I tell you what, depending on, uh, depending on how much that is, you know, and how much he's grabbing here and there. Um, you know, that's to me, it's dangerous, perhaps reckless. Yeah, I, don't know. I um, think so. Y- you know, because it, it seems to me that the way that I like to look at it is, you know what, if you can set up a plan and come up with a strategy that you can do what you want and we can do it in a way that we're going to make sure you got plenty of money to last as long as you live, you know, and then you see you've got you've got extra over and above that. Right. Yeah. Then 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 party. Have a good time. Take that trip. Go on that cruise. You know, enjoy it. But but to me, it's most important to make sure you're OK. Right. We want to do everything we can to make sure you've got what you need and that it's going to last. That doesn't mean you can't have a good time. Right. Right. And 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 it, and, it, and it certainly doesn't mean that we have to put all of your money, you know, in, into any one vehicle. Um, and when I talk about, you know, when I talk about setting up a lifetime income stream uh, and I've talked about before how, well, what I'm doing with myself and my and my wife, um, I'm using index annuities that have what are called lifetime income features. They don't all have it, um, but it comes with a fee. And what it does is it guarantees you a certain amount of income, uh, you know, for the rest of your life. And I don't have a pension. My wife doesn't have a pension. So all we have is Social Security, which is one of the reasons, by the way, I, I'm concerned about the program because uh, I, I'm counting on that being there. Uh, I'm counting on something being there, if not everything that they claim is going to be there, like when you go to the website now. Uh, you know, but for most people, Social Security is not going to be enough, right? It was never designed to be the sole source of income. And, and so I think that uh, you want to have other sources of income. I want to do it on a guaranteed basis because I don't want the stress. I don't want the anxiety 
of 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 waking up one morning and and hearing you know I don't know World War Three on the cover of the newspaper and the stock market's cut in half and I'm like and I say holy crap now how am I going to pay my bills right so you know t- so to me the answer is setting up additional income streams um, and and guys to give you an example and what I would challenge everybody to do all right with the interest rates going higher I can tell you right now if you're late fifties or sixty years old and you put $100,000 into one of the best annuity and income annuities out there, 10 years later, it's going to pay you about 1000 bucks a month, maybe a little more. Uh, so the question is, so in other words, about twelve grand a year from $100,000, okay? Mm-hmm. Compare that to the traditional rule of thumb, which is a 4% withdrawal rate on your stock and bond portfolio. So 4% withdrawal rate to get you 12 grand, you need 300000 right? Sure. And, and so that 100000 you need to turn it into 300000 in 10 years. So you got to triple your money in 10 years. And then you've got to make sure the port and then you've got to make sure that it lasts. It might last. There's a high probability to last, but it certainly is not guaranteed. And so to me, I look at it and say, okay, wait a minute. I got to do two things here. I got to triple my money. And then I've still got a possibility of outliving my money or going through a bad market and it might not even work. So I say, you know what? I'm going to take the guarantee. I'm going to take the guarantee. <laughs> going to take the guarantee. I think so too. That makes I, sense. I'm taking the guarantee, and that's what I'm doing personally. I'm setting up. Uh, uh, I'm going to set up income lat. I'm going to build an income ladder, right? Mm-hmm. And so, just like a bond ladder, like a bond ladder or a CD ladder, what you're doing is you're putting in investments that have different maturity dates, so that when the money matures, you can take advantage of the current economic environment, right? And you can do the same thing with annuities. And what I'm doing is I'm setting up annuities from various companies. So I spread out the risk of a carrier, you know, getting in trouble. Um, And I'm going to set them up in separate accounts so that I can start the income. I can stagger when I start the income. So let's, so maybe I'll start some income at 68 and then again, another one at 71 and 73 and 77 or whatever. But every few years I can turn on, it's like turning on a faucet. Except in this case, I turn it on and money's going to be coming out. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I so, like it. A money faucet. So it's a money faucet and it's guaranteed. Doesn't matter if you live to 110 and the account went to zero when you're 94, it is going to keep on paying you every single month. There is no other account that'll pay you when the balance is zero. But the beauty of these products is exactly that. If you live longer than expected, it's going to keep on paying you. And so what I'm doing, I'm taking a piece of our portfolio and I'm allocating it towards income annuities so that we have this income coming in, in addition to social security, uh, all of them will be set up as a joint payout Mm -hmm. so that if, if when one of us passes, the other one is still going to get the exact same amount of money. There'll be no reduction in income when one person passes away. That's good planning, Kevin. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I, you know what, this it's the best plan that I could come up with in terms of, I like stress-free if anyone's listening. Oh my gosh, yes. Don't we all? I don't want any stress. No. There's enough stress. I get stressed out enough just listening to political discourse in this country. All right? <laughs> True. So I don't need it for my finances. I don't want to worry about it. The last thing, I've, I've spent my entire life concerned about do I have enough money and, and managing money and all these things. I don't want to be retired work, being concerned about it at, at all. So we're going to have plenty of guaranteed income coming in. And then the other money that I have, that's going to be in stocks and bonds and U.S. treasuries and money market accounts. Mm-hmm. That's where I got it. So we still have exposure to those other areas, but we also have guaranteed income coming in. And I think, I think that's a good formula, and I think it could work out really well for a lot of people. 
Well, folks, I think we I hope we piqued your interest on that 800-975-6717 or visit silverleaffinancial.com. What a fun show, Kevin. I mean, we're, we're a little over, but I mean, hey, it's it's what a great show hey. and good information. Oh, hey, I, I appreciate that, Steve. You know, sorry, sorry for running over, folks, but uh, hopefully we got some information. At least you heard something that uh, you could put to use. If you have any questions, just give me a call. I'm happy to help anytime.